Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have details from CAP's Summer Advisory Council meeting held yesterday. Up first in today's country comment, we'll be joined by the President and CEO of Farm Credit Canada. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Farm Credit Canada reported strong financial performance last year. Here's President and CEO Michael Hoffert. You know, overall, the year turned out to be, uh, you know, very solid uh, from an FCC perspective, uh, Corey. And and I would say, you know, if you think about that 12-month period from April 1st, 2020 to March 31st, uh, 2021, it was it's one of those years where there was a lot of uncertainty at the start of it, uh, lots of the, you know, the COVID pandemic and some uncertainty around supply chains, uh, how we were going to keep our workforces healthy and even attract, you know, having enough labor in some cases on Canadian farms and, and uh, egg food processors to get the work done. And then as the year evolved, I think, uh, you know, the organization uh, really saw the industry, uh, you know, kind of adjust and flex into some of the challenges uh, that it had to overcome and, and a lot of that then uh, fed into FCC's overall performance. Uh, you know, as the industry goes, really FCC goes. And uh, yeah, I guess talk a little bit more about the uh, the pandemic and um, you know what you saw as, as far as uh, you know deferred payments and and where things are sitting now. Yeah, for sure. So you know, when I look back at the the twelve months that we had, uh, you know, there was uh, we did put in a, a pretty robust package of of offers for our customers to, to be able to work their way through the pandemic. And so we'd have around, you know, just under 5,000 customers would have taken advantage of some payment uh, deferrals that we offered uh, $5.6 billion. In fact, so quite a substantive amount of our portfolio uh, was either on six months, full deferrals or, or interest only for 12 months. And, and what's a, a, you know, a good news story of that is, you know, it was available to our customers and then uh, 98% of those that took advantage of that have, have resumed their regular payments. So it did what everybody was intending was to buy some time to figure some things out and then, uh, and then get started up. And the other part of our, our, our uh, offer is related to the, our COVID response really was around some emergency credits and credit lines. And we had uh, just under a billion dollars of, of uh, demand for those and, and those range from quite small credit lines to help people just get their crops seeded and get going to uh, a little bit more substantive, depending on the organization that was requesting that. And, and those have been performing as we would expect. Wanted to touch a little bit on um, community investment and um, what you've been doing there. Yeah. You know, as an organization like FTC, so you know, we're a mandate-driven, purpose-driven organization. And, and we recognize that, uh, you know, we where our customers uh, operate and where our employees live and work, which is in 100 locations across Canada, you know, we want to be active in those places and supporting those communities. So uh, our food drive, uh, which we do through uh, partnerships with schools, uh, you know, customers, food processors across Canada to support food banks, had a record number of meals uh, donated, 17 million meals uh, to food banks in a year where a lot of people were needing those services. So we're really proud to you know, work with, uh, you know, people from across the, the, the country, uh, great partners uh, to, to, to make that happen. And then, you know, smaller things, just investing in community projects. We run a, an agri-spirit fund which uh, invests uh, across the country and, in, 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 you know, worthwhile programs, uh, capital projects that are happening in, in smaller communities in Canada. And then, of course, uh, you know, we want to make sure that we're driving that youth into our organization. So significant, uh, you know, uh, uh, financial and also uh, volunteer support for 
organizations like 4-H and Egg in the Classroom and others. It's, uh, there's a lot of good work being done out there, and, and, and we want to make sure that we can support it uh, in any way possible. And uh, just to wrap things up here, uh, Michael, if I um, wanted to talk a little bit about the, the current situation um, and what FCC is, is doing to help uh, farmers uh, during the, the drought conditions here. For sure. Thanks uh, for, for, for giving me a chance to, to speak to that. So as an organization, uh, you know, we have been uh, you know, watching uh, what's happening, and particularly in Western Canada, but very much on all of the, the, those, the four Western provinces and in some locations in Ontario, you know, significant heat, uh, unusually warm, and then combining that with very limited uh, uh, moisture and for sure, uh, you know, no large general rains uh, in quite some time for most areas. And so uh, what we've done is uh, this past week, we did announce that we're going to, you know, really uh, make the same offer to customers that we did through the COVID pandemic. Uh, you know, if loan deferrals are required, uh, if some, uh, you know, some emergency credit would be helpful. Uh, all of those things have been turned on for the current, uh, you know, response to the drought conditions facing Western Canada. And, and, and so, you know, what we're looking at is, is just trying to make sure that people know that that offer is there. And as they start to work through, you know, what are they going to have for, from a crop perspective or how are they doing uh, getting feed in place or, you know, just how do things look heading into the fall uh, that they know that they can uh, meet with their local FCC rep and, and, and we'll do our best to work something out that uh, allows them to kind of navigate their way through a really uh, difficult year. That was Farm Credit Canada President and CEO Michael Hoffert. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Farm Credit Canada reported strong financial performance last year. In 2020-21, FCC grew its portfolio by 7.6% to $41.5 billion. The portfolio included payment schedule adjustments to 14.8% of the total value of outstanding loans compared to 9% in the previous year. This increase was primarily due to pandemic-related support. FCC President and CEO Michael Hoffer talked about payment deferral options from March 2020 to the end of this fiscal year. Just under 5,000 customers would have taken advantage of some payment uh, deferrals that we offered. Uh, $5.6 billion, in fact, so quite a substantive amount of our portfolio uh, was either on six-month full deferrals or, or interest only for 12 months. And, and what's a, a, you know, a good news story of that is you know, it was available to our customers, and then uh, 98% of those that took advantage of that have, have resumed their regular payments. So it did what everybody was intending, was to buy some time to figure some things out and then, uh, and then get started up. Over the same period, more than 1,800 customers were approved for COVID-19 FCC credit lines. Keystone Agricultural Producers held its Summer Advisory Council meeting yesterday. One of the presentations dealt with Living Labs. Dan Cox is with the Manitoba Association of Watersheds. Living Lab Eastern Prairies is a, is a federal government initiative uh, going on in Manitoba. Manitoba Association of Watersheds is the lead partner on the project. It's an initiative that is funded till March of 2023, at which point will be uh, the new climate solutions, uh, agricultural climate solutions program will be coming into effect um, at that point in time. Cox notes Living Labs are not a new concept, adding it's an approach to agriculture and innovation that brings farmers, scientists and other partners together to co-develop, test and monitor management practices and new technologies in a real-life context. The goal is to result in more practical technologies and sustainable farming practices and adopting them more quickly by Canadian farmers. And Manitoba Canola Growers has announced its 2021 High School Scholarship winners. They include Charlotte Little of Hamiota, Jessica Young of Miniota, Kyla Cron of Mather, 
Megan Bezweatherick of Austin and Samuel Cron of Rivers. Each recipient will receive a $1,000 scholarship. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, July 29th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Glenda Lee Allen Wassler chats with the president of the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association has submitted a drought survival proposal to the provincial and federal government. Glenda Lee Allen Wasser caught up to the group's president, Kelsey Elford, to talk about the proposal. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association is calling on the provincial and federal government for additional drought measures. What do you want to see? Well, you know, we uh, we came out after the, the announcement last time and and uh, they were great first steps when it came to changes on uh, the fur whip program. Great first steps on on tax deferral. We'd like to see the tax deferral extended not from one year but but up to five because this is not going to be a, a one year fix for a lot of producers. This is going to take a long time to recover from, and the tax implications, depending on what their operations are going to be, um, you know, we don't want that to hinder hinder them getting back into the livestock business um on the farm and ranch water infrastructure side we we commend the government on on their uh, hundred thousand dollar add on and the 70 30 cost share one of the things that we need to look at for long-term drought solutions is is deep wells and and deep wells aren't gonna support uh solar systems and deep wells need power and getting the power to the those sites is is very expensive and so one of our one of our asks is that that is included in the Furwit program, so that you know in lots of areas, people have forage and uh, and grass, but they don't have water. And so we'd like to see a sustainable um, solution going forward for for future generations. And that's one of the things that can can make it cost effective and make that happen. Um, we want to see agri recovery triggered. If there was anything that was ever going to trigger it, I don't see why this uh, this drought wouldn't wouldn't come into play. And and nobody um, nobody wants another loan, but low interest uh, low interest or no interest loans, so that uh, producers can can you know manage if they do find some feed or or if they have to sell some livestock and and uh, and get back in in a year or two. That there's money available to do that, that it isn't going to put a, such a financial burden on them that it makes it impossible to continue doing business. The other thing, when we're talking about the livestock tax deferral that I'm hearing from producers is that not all areas are, are covered under this initial announcement. And the other concern is the fact that it only covers the breeding herd. And a lot of producers tell me, they're going to have to cull and cull hard. That That is a fact, Gwendolyn, and, um, you know, that is a, an ask that we have as well because I know producers that normally overwinter calves that they just don't have the feed for them, and so those animals are going to have to go to town and, and the income is going to have to be taken in a calendar year that they don't want uh, that to happen. And so, you know, to see it across the board, not just on a specific group of of livestock is is a critical thing for this industry as well.
Now, the stock growers have submitted a drought survival proposal to the federal and provincial governments. Talk to us uh, about the ideas that the stock growers have put forward in this proposal. Let's start with the farm and ranch water infrastructure program. The farm and ranch water infrastructure program, I've utilized it myself uh, several times, you know, developing dugouts and, and wells. But when it comes to a situation like this, uh, we're looking at more expensive development. We're going to have to maybe go deeper um, for sustainable water into the future, uh, more pipelines. An enhancement to that program to include power being brought to the, the well site, you know, is is a uh, would be a huge benefit for for producers because the cost of bringing power in is sometimes almost as much as as the project it, itself as well as direct paying the contractor from the government so that you know you don't have to put all the money out and and tie up all your all your cash into paying for the project if the contractor could just submit the the bill to Furwhip and and have it paid that way you know, it takes some financial pressure and uh, and accessing funds off the off the producers' back. Now, you also have some ideas around Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation. We're glad with the first steps that they took to raise the limit from seven to fourteen and right off the crops. You know, we need we need to see an immediate action on on crop insurance to help livestock producers work with farmers to utilize those crops, and it needs to be timely. Um, you know, these, these crops are burning up at an incredible rate, you know, for livestock producers to take advantage. We need uh, adjusters to get out there, be proactive, and we need the farmers to work with their essentially friends and neighbors so that we can see less of a hurt on the livestock sector in this province. Some of it is going to be unavoidable, but, you know, that's one tool in the toolbox that would, that would really help moving forward to, to gain a feed supply. You also had some suggestions around financial management and cash flow ideas for the government. You know, when we talk about the financial uh, options like interest-free loans or, um, you know, low-interest loans, and, and nobody wants another loan, going to leave, um, but sometimes that is, that is an avenue that we can, that we can uh, utilize be able to access the money that's in agri stability at uh, at no, t- uh, you know, not to be penalized uh, by tax to access those dollars. Um, you know, there's some options that are ex- being examined south of the border, um, and we'd like to see some of those uh, ideas utilized up here to uh, to help producers get through one of the most trying times uh, in the industry. Overall, final thoughts, key comments you would like to leave with producers today? When we look at this situation as a whole, um, talking to producers, talking to government, the clear message is, is there is no silver bullet clear solution. We're working hard with our membership. We're working hard with government and, and the government is, is listening to find ways to grow this industry. This is going to be a setback for the cattle industry, and we're doing our very best to make tools available to help ride it out. One thing I would like to to commend this ag government on is the tools that were put in place with uh, the rainfall insurance and the forage insurance and calf price insurance, um, and encourage producers going forward to to utilize the tools that are that are available. You know, the the folks that took advantage of of those are are going to be able to manage this 
tough situation because of because of the tools that were in place and and they wouldn't be in place if if the government um, hadn't put them there and so I would like to commend them for for having those options available and you know we're working on solutions going forward um, it, there's no other way to say it but this is a tough time I've been talking with Kelsey Elford. Kelsey is president of the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association. The association submitting a drought survival proposal to the provincial and federal governments. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Mossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Canadian Hereford Association AGM and Bonanza 2021 takes place this week at Brandon's Keystone Centre pending public health restrictions. For up-to-date information on the event, visit Bonanza 2021's website. The annual general meeting for Farm Credit Canada is scheduled for August 18th at 1 p.m. It'll take place virtually. You can register on the FCC website. And Manitoba Agriculture is offering an online environmental farm plan workshop August 25th. Go to Manitoba Agriculture's website to register. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, Keystone Agricultural Producers held its Summer Advisory Council meeting yesterday. One of the presentations dealt with Living Labs. Dan Cox is with the Manitoba Association of Watersheds. Living Lab Eastern Prairies is a, is a federal government initiative uh, going on in Manitoba. Um, that's uh, Manitoba Association of Watersheds is the lead partner um, on the on the project. Uh, it's an initiative that is funded till March of 2023, uh, at which point will be uh, the new climate solutions, uh, agricultural climate solutions program will be coming into effect um, at that point in time. Just a brief overview, what is a what is a living laboratory? Uh, obviously, the, a living laboratory is not a, necessarily a new concept. Uh, it's been used in many different industries across uh, around the world, um, but it is one that we're, we've been implementing here and with uh, nationally with the Living Laboratory, Laboratories Initiative. Um, and so it's, a, it's an approach to agriculture and innovation that brings farmers, scientists, and other partners together to co-develop, test, and monitor management practices and new technologies in a real-life context. Um, the goal of the of the Living Lab Laboratory is to uh, result in more practical technologies and sustainable farming practices and, and adopting them more quickly uh, by Canadian farmers. So there's a, a cycle to the Living Laboratory, uh, one which starts with planning and targeting. Targeting, you're, you're validating and you're refining yeah, your cycle of innovation, you're, you're setting your priorities and your, your outcomes that you'd like to achieve. You're working with farmers and producers through a co-design uh, stage, uh, and then you're on the field doing exploration, exploration and experimentation, acquiring data through research, uh, conducting experiments and developing new knowledge. Um, you're taking all that research and, and evaluating that uh, to a new practice or technology, and then you're adjusting that based on the producer's input as well. Um, and then a big part of Living Labs is adoption and, and taking those uh, those best management practices and promoting adoption throughout the agriculture industry. And then that cycle goes back and starts over and, and, and goes through again and, until you've uh, uh, created more BMPs and, uh, and or improve on the ones that you're, you've been working on. 
That was Dan Cox with the Manitoba Association of Watersheds talking about living labs during CAP's Summer Advisory Council meeting yesterday. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Living Labs was one of the topics covered yesterday during Keystone Agricultural Producers Summer Advisory Council meeting. Dan Cox is with the Manitoba Association of Watersheds. A living laboratory is not necessarily a new concept. It's been used in many different industries across uh, around the world, um, but it is one that we're, we've been implementing here and with uh, nationally with the Living Laboratory, Laboratories Initiative. And so it's, a, it's an approach to agriculture and innovation that brings farmers, scientists, and other partners together to co-develop, test, and monitor management practices and new technologies in a real-life context. The goal of the, of the Living lab, Laboratory is to uh, result in more practical technologies and sustainable farming practices and, and adopting them more quickly uh, by Canadian farmers. And in 2020-2021, Farm Credit Canada grew its portfolio by 7.6% to $41.5 billion. The portfolio included payment schedule adjustments to 14.8% of the total value of outstanding loans compared to 9% in the previous year. This increase was primarily due to pandemic-related support. Since deferring, 98% of customers have returned to regular payments. FCC President and CEO Michael Hoffert. Our COVID response really was around some emergency credits and credit lines. And we had uh, just under a billion dollars of, of uh, demand for those. And, and those ranged from quite small credit lines to help people just get their crops seeded and get going to uh, a little bit more substantive, depending on the organization that was requesting that. And, and those have been performing as we would expect. From March 2020 to the end of this fiscal year, more than 4,900 customers used payment deferral options on loans totaling $5.6 billion. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.